The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia podcast. Today, you've tuned in to a three-part series on workplace trends, where I sit down with seasoned leader at Microsoft Asia, Rosalind Quek, General Manager for Modern Work, to discuss the recent Microsoft 2022 Work Trend Index. Now, Microsoft surveyed 20,000 people in 11 countries globally and analyzed trillions of Microsoft 365 productivity signals along with LinkedIn, Labor Trends, and Glint People Science Findings. Now, in this three-part series, Rosalind shares three urgent pivots for leaders to drive alignment and empower people for the new ways that we work. Because when employees thrive, organizations flourish. In this episode, we talk about the trend of productivity paranoia. We find out what that means and how it's affecting culture and performance. If you're a leader looking for strategies to empower your workforce, then stay tuned. Today, this awaits you. When I So I have my team dispersed across Asia, right? So even during the time during COVID and coming into hybrid, and as I mentioned earlier, some of my teammates could be already being able to return to office and some could not. Regardless, if I'm not based there, whether they return to office or they are calling me through the, through the video, yeah. I'm not there, right? So yeah. they don't feel like I could see what they're doing. Yeah. So even in my uh, engagement with the team over one-on-ones, mm. I see that they are paranoid that I'm paranoid, you right. Know, right? So right. I could tell that, you know, there's some sense of nervousness, there's yeah. over-explaining about what they're doing with their time. And so this was a reflection for me too when I started to see that, hey, I as a leader also need to put myself in their shoes, right? Because um, I got to make sure that they feel that psychological safety, yeah. that there is trust, and also sometimes um, helping them to uh, shape their discussion with me so that yeah. they get the most important points and I know what is the most important work that they have done. Enjoy the show. Hi, Rosalind. Hi. How are you? Andrea, I'm good. Good to see you in person at last, not a Zoom. You you look exactly like the way you look on on Do I? Do I look sort of about three foot tall? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to Talent Talk Asia. Really excited to have you on here. Um, Now, before we kind of kick off, I I was really keen to get to know a little bit more about you. Um, Obviously, you've been with Microsoft Asia for 28 years. You don't look old enough to be there working for 28 years. Tell me a little bit more about your role here. Okay, so I I actually worked in Microsoft for 16 and a half years, right? right. So my role um, as a modern work um, Asia leader, so that kind of spans across what I would like to call the cricket countries, Australia, New Zealand, and India. Oh, right. And I also cover Japan, Korea, Southeast Asia, and GCR. 
Okay. So very, very diverse, and that's part of the fun. And I lead a team of uh, deep technical and, and solution expertise okay. um, who are focused to help uh, organizations, our customers, to really use the technology um, and great collaboration and collaboration and communication tools to help them deal with the hybrid work today. And there are two things that we are also very uh, deeply passionate about. One is how do we help uh, create that secure digital work mm -hmm. where we have seen a lot of cybersecurity attacks on the uptake recently. And the second, maybe more uh, passionate for me, would be on the human side. How do we use technology to really help build that culture that is inclusive yeah. and helping to create a sustainable work and life integration, especially right now with all these ever-changing uh, challenges and uh, environment. Yeah. I mean, has that been the main drivers for you for staying, those two elements, or have there been other things that have motivated uh, you to, well, to stay? Well, first, the Microsoft mission is, is what really speaks to me, right? As you know, Satya has coined this uh, mission for us about empowering everybody mm. and every organization to do more. And actually, Model Work is like the center of this mission, right? So I've been quite fortunate on that. Yeah. But I think uh, if you ask me what's the driver for staying 16 and a half years uh, in Microsoft, I think I would say the key driver would be that um, at the leadership or, or uh, the culture, right, they are really invested in me as an individual. So I don't feel like people are just trying to make you learn new things and get better at your core competencies solely just so that you can contribute to the business. I think I've seen them invested in helping me to build new skills right. and also supporting me through what I'm really passionate about, right? So like in uh, a couple of years ago, I got the opportunity to go to Vietnam to work, right? So this is with Microsoft Vietnam and they really wanted me to go there and build a business. So they, the, the company kind of like relied on my core competencies, which is about business development. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was personally very passionate about contributing back to the emerging markets and helping them to build the next leader, which would be a local person. Yeah. Right. So one of the things I, I personally felt very passionate is that many, many people uh, who are fortunate like me might go to some of these emerging countries, we lead the business and the next one comes around, right? Yeah. And the people locally just don't have that same yeah. uh, opportunity yeah. to, to grow. Which isn't so sustainable. Yeah, yeah. which is not sustainable, yeah. right? And so after that, I had I, I did well, I suppose, and I also had great uh, life experiences, okay? And then I was asked to come back, and I took a country-based role in Singapore where I had to learn new skills. And I had to rebuild the network because I had left the country for for many years, right? Right. Yeah. So I felt supported. And then now, as you know, I'm already heading a business that is across Asia, right? So really the fact that I could like keep fresh, yeah. keep doing new things, the company supported me through my passion. Um, it just doesn't feel that long, to be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that's when you know that you're enjoying it. And it yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're not even yeah. kind of counting the years. Yeah. Um, now, this podcast is split into three. We're doing this in a three-part series, and we're discussing the findings that have come out from Microsoft's annual work trend index, mm -hmm. which is really super interesting. Um, and the three key findings, um, which are end productivity, paranoia, 
Mm-hmm. Um, embrace the fact that people come in for each other. And the third one, which is re-recruit your employees. And we're going to be splitting those up. And in today's episode, we're going to be digging a little bit deeper into the end productivity um, paranoia, which I'd really like to get into with that mm-hmm. with you now. Um, so let me just kind of go over it to the for the listeners that aren't so familiar first. So then I'm going to ask your sort of take on that. So people are working longer and harder than ev- ever, but leaders are more concerned the most important work is not getting done. Now, if we look back on books like Jim Collins and Morton Hansen's book, Great by Choice, awesome Mm -hmm. book, by the way, they cited three leadership skills that count. One of them is productive paranoia. They state um, Bill Gates was hypervigilant about what could hit and damage Microsoft. Productive paranoia is the ability to be hypervigilant about potentially bad events that can hit your company and then turn them into fear and turn that fear into preparation and clear headed action. Now, the key data that came out from the index, from the Microsoft um, Annual Work Trend Index, was that 89% of business decision makers in APAC say that the shift to hybrid work has made it challenging to have confidence that people are being productive Mm -hmm. versus 85% global average. But interestingly, the data also states that 83% of employees in Asia PAC report that they're productive at work, which is really interesting, right? Um, So what's driving the productivity paranoia for leaders, do you think? Well, I think um, if you you look, I mean, if I were to comment closer globally, right, and also closer to home in Asia, um, if you think about how all of us are moving out from pandemic into the hybrid world, in fact, at very different pace, right? If I look at some of my uh, colleagues in China, you know, they're still having this start, stop, start, stop. So yeah. coming into that hybrid work um, has not been easy, mm. right? So they also require um, uh, leaders to be thinking about how to help their team get successful. And when you start looking at um, all the past two years and how employees, um, even like me, right, like you, we are so used to the, we have embraced the hybrid work. We Absolutely. love the flexibility. Yeah. Um, the thought of coming back to the office is not easy. Yeah, it's not right? so appealing. Yeah, not so appealing, right? It's like <laughs> thinking about having to do your hair and looking presentable. You know, it's not, it's not that easy. Well, the clothes don't fit anymore is usually uh, the thing. Yeah, right? actually, I went through that episode. So, <laughs> yeah, so that, that, that actually uh, makes it difficult. But at the same time, right, when, you look, when we looked at our global um, data where we looked at an average user for Teams, um, they are seeing an uh, average increase of meeting, uh, meeting hours by 150% have increased since the past year. Wow. And overlap meetings have been like almost 46% overlap, right? So the data shows that, um, that clearly there is the employees are working longer and, and having uh, more meetings, right? But what's so that, driving the more meetings? Yeah, so I think the, the more meetings is like instead of having um, a lot of that that meetings where we all come in person mm-hmm. in the past, right now, because of how hybrid work have changed the work styles, mm. uh, people don't work necessarily nine to five, mm. right? So th- this could also relate to why you need to do smaller meetings to catch everyone. Yeah. And that could increase more. And because employees don't see their people in the office, they could not sense. And so they get, I guess that's what's driving that paranoia. Yeah. And... Um, I think uh, some organizations, uh, the leaders are struggling with that. So they started to think about ways to monitor their people, right? So they focus on like, are they working longer hours? Are they, they think that they are not working? 
So it created um, some of the employees uh, feeling like they need to show up, you know, even right. though they're doing their work, but they right. feel like they're not seen, right? right. They, they are not working, so they show up. And that, in turn, create that productivity paranoia. Yeah, we're not feeling trusted, Yeah, really. we're not feeling trusted, yeah. right? So even though all these signs of uh, activities have increased, the metrics, but uh, you just, just feel that it doesn't, they, they don't feel confident that the people are doing enough. Yeah. So, what, so what are the biases that are getting in the way for leaders that lead them to be feeling that kind of paranoia? Well, I think biases, assumptions, I think there were a couple, right? I think one is that um, they just assume, right, that because that productivity is lost as a result of working lesser or that they feel that, uh, to your point earlier, that people don't think that the most important work is being done. Mm. Right, so at the same time, they don't see uh, they don't see the old visual cues anymore, like being in the office, being able to mm. see people, being able to see that mm. things are get done. Um, and then you have this whole uh, recession that is coming through for us, particularly um, in Asia, all the world events that are shaping inflation rates rising, yeah. supply chain disruption. Yeah. Um, um, and all that is cre- creating a lot of stress for leaders. And then there are also things that are kind of like unseen, you could call them unseen forces where uh, as a result of many years being in the the pandemic, um, shareholders and stakeholders are expecting you to come out of the pandemic right now and quickly deliver that growth, right? Yeah. And hopefully make up for all the loss time and all that. But but forgetting that people uh, need to reconnect. Yeah. It's not just a matter of, Coming back in the yeah, office, there's and, and different not, people in the office now for a start. There's not yeah, the same people exactly. that they might have seen before, right? Exactly. So not the same change. people, the way things are done have, have, have yeah. evolved, right? So coupled with the recession plus the extremely mm. high goals that some organizations are expecting, um, I think uh, that just created the intensity of uh, yeah. uh, biases that, uh, and even pressures on leaders to just feel that way. So, I mean, it's interesting, those findings, but I think that it's still the spotlight on the leader to be mm. able to learn to trust, surely. Yeah. Is it up to the employees to have to turn up and do those meetings? The spotlight's on the leader, isn't it? For the leader to be able, because to me, it sounds like communication. Yeah, actually, you made an interesting, interesting point. Uh, you know, when I so I have my team dispersed across Asia, right? So even during the time during COVID and coming into hybrid, and as I mentioned earlier, some of my teammates could be already being able to return to office, and some could not. Regardless, if I'm not based there, whether they return to office or they are calling me through the through the video, yeah. I'm not there, right? So yeah. they don't feel like I could see what they're doing. Yeah. So even in my uh, engagement with the team over one-on-ones, mm. I see that they are paranoid that I'm paranoid, you right. Know, right? So right. I could tell that, you know, there's some sense of nervousness, there's yeah. over-explaining about what they're doing with their time. And and so I think... Um, oh, that's a shame though. I feel sad that that, that people have to... It, and it, that feel they have to justify maybe what they're doing, right? If yeah. they're not coming back into the office yeah. or whatever that might be. Exactly. And so this was a reflection for me too when I started to see that, hey, I as a leader also need to put myself in their shoes, right? Because um, I got to make sure that they feel that psychological safety, yeah. that there is trust, and also sometimes um, helping them to uh, shape their discussion with me so that yeah. they get the most important points and I know what is the most important work that they have done. 
Yeah. Right. And so I think that's also both the partnership and trust between yeah. the employee and the employer. So is and, it also the, the way people are getting stuff done? So if we're going to be keep watching them and we have to and the leader has to see them in an office to know that that's been done. Surely the spin on that is just that it's more out, that the approach should be more. It's just outcome focused. It doesn't matter how they get it done or where they get it done. Yeah. I, I, exa- right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think the. And you, and, you, and you see, the thing is that when we moved back, when we were at home and then coming back in uh, to the office, I think the focus on um, results and outcomes and impact, right? I think the focus on impact needs to be there versus yeah. activity. Right. right. Because I think right. that's the, the pivot that we need yeah. to start changing, right? And when organizations start to double down on activity versus being able to articulate like what what is the goal and the true north and the mission of this team? Yeah. Um, and that's where that paranoia is just fueling each other, right? The yeah. leaders feel the, the, yeah. the paranoia with the yeah. employee and then that comes back yeah. in, right? So I think the ability to ensure that as leader, we are very clear of the objective. Yes. Um, having that listening signals to the team yeah. to ensure we know how they're doing yeah. uh, is, is actually very critical. Is there also that, is there also for a leader to be shown vulnerability as well, that kind of, you know, as much as it's the leader and the employee relationship, is it also for the leader to be, um, look, I'm just checking in, letting you know where I'm at, you know, so that it is a two-way, that it isn't so hierarchical. So mm-hmm. being able to kind of step step into that vulnerability zone with employees so that they know that they can share and they can mm-hmm. um, open up themselves if they're having, because I know some of your stats was, was it 51% of in employees in APAC so 51% of employees in APAC versus 48% global and 59% of managers in APAC um, report that they're already burnt out. Mm. So there's obviously this not necessarily discussions around I'm taking too much on. Mm. I'm overwhelmed. Mm-mm. I need some help. Mm-mm. Right. Hey, listeners, time for you to grab a coffee or maybe a chance to catch your breath on your morning run. Whilst you're doing that, I want to share with you what's happening at The Career Establishment. In 2022, we've been busy working with clients to embed new behaviours, increase collaboration now that face-to-face is back, and supporting them on their Clifton Strengths journey. To find out more on what's happening with us, reach out at www.thecareerestablishment.com. The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the new breed tech platform used by 15,000 recruiters worldwide. Vincere is the secret weapon for progressive recruitment firms. It provides recruiters with everything they need to scale from CRM slash ATS through to online timesheets, websites and analytics. A true all-in-one growth platform built by recruiters for recruiters. Learn more about Vinny's story on my exclusive interview with their founder on episode 43 of this podcast. If you're looking for a new recruitment CRM to accelerate growth, visit vincere.io slash Talent Talk Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think I touched on um, psychological safety earlier. Right? I think this is one of the, I guess, one of the things I have been focusing on because as leader and frankly, um, especially as a woman leader sometimes, right? Showing that vulnerability, especially in the technology world, sometimes could be quite difficult. And why, over the last... Why is that for you? Well, you know, you, you, you have to sometimes project the image of being um, like you know it all, you know, that you are in control yeah. and that um, 
you are able to keep uh, emotionally stable. So that's some of the biases that can come. Yeah, that, right? absolutely. And I think what Microsoft has done over the last um, few years is that um, really focusing on the culture, right, to create that that safe environment where people could come and be their authentic self. To your point, I have been in circumstances where, um, you know, some of us are at the age, you could say that we have aging parents or, you know, needs mm -hmm. from children and mm -hmm. kids where it's kind of like colliding priorities, right? So being able to, to, to get that kind of awareness and coaching for us as leaders to say, mm -hmm. hey, you could also share what help you need, mm -hmm. right? And to have that kind of... Uh, 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 security that I could ask my team, right? Someone from my team or my peer to, to kind of double up and help me at times when I need to take some time yeah. off and all that. And being able to say, hey, I'm also doing this and sharing and setting the tone for my team yeah. is super important. I was going to say, what's the impact of that when you do do that? Yeah. What is the impact to your employees when you are displaying those types of behaviours? I think first they, they feel relief, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. God, I'm not the only one. Yeah, I'm not yeah. the only one. Yeah. And, and second, I think it's that they feel like, mm, okay, you are being real, right? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm willing to be real exactly. with you, right? Yeah. And I think one of the, like my team, for example, as I mentioned earlier, we lead, I lead the modern work. And part of that is that because of this space right now, there's lots of research going on and we are creating a lot of new solutions and products as well. And so... Some parts of my team are really focused on driving incubation businesses. Mm -hmm. And in these incubation businesses, um, th there, is no, there is no playbook, right? We, we are creating it, right? There's yeah. no, the path is uncharted. You actually got to do a lot of experimenting. You got to take risk. And this group of people will have burnout that is much more intense, you know, if they do not feel like they are supported. Right. So, why is that? I don't talk me through. Why is that? Why would they feel that there's more burnout with it being on the in the, on the incubation? Why is that? Exactly? So in the in the incubation business. So in the incubation business, um, you don't we don't have a a strategy that is mature. Okay. Right? So you don't have to say, oh, okay, this country has done that, or oh, that part of the business right, has okay. done that. Let's take that. Let's set your own path. Right. Yeah. Right. So you got to set your own path. Right. Right, so this team that I, I manage, they, they have to be able to experiment. They have to be able to take risks. And sometimes the things that they do, we succeed. And sometimes the things that we do, we fail. Right, being right? prepared to be able to pick yourself up when you do fail. Exactly, right? right? And that burnout, to your point, could mm. be intense because you feel that pressure, correct? And so some of the things that we do is to ensure that um, I, as a leader, set very clear goals. And we bring the group together to say, hey, what are we hearing from customers? What lessons are we learning? Okay, how could we together decide how to cost correct, right? To, to focus on what the next steps might be in yeah. the upcoming period. And then we do things like uh, ask me anything uh, or AMA as we call it. Okay. Right? And ask me anything is an open forum what, where we anything? bring... Well, not really. <laughs> not everything. <laughs> <laughs> ask me some stuff. <laughs> well, ask me almost anything. Almost okay. anything. Right, yeah. And so we bring like senior leaders from engineering or from our product group. Yeah. And um, essentially my team in this incubation businesses could ask and share the voice of customers. And the engineering right. leaders can come and, and reinforce why the mission of what this team is doing is so important. Okay. Right. So at the end of the day, right, they feel like there is alignment yeah. between what we are trying to drive and they also get help. 
right? So that has been uh, that's been one of the ways that we have helped. So they don't sort of feel like they're on their own. They're able to gather information. They're able to find a new path. But there's that support and yeah. yeah. And the communication just isn't in. just coming from me, right? Yeah. It's coming from various leaders who are reinforcing yeah. the same clarity of mission and why what they do is important. And I'm not sure if you've heard. Um, Microsoft has done this thing called, um, we call it the Microsoft Thriving Survey. It's an employee survey mm-hmm. where we capture signals more regularly. Okay. And this is an important point as well in managing burnout um, and productivity paranoia. It's about uh, making sure we make time to, to, to pulse with our employees, right? So we do this survey every six months. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say uh, the, the thriving is defined, right? We define thriving as employees who feel like they're energized and they're empowered to do right. meaningful work. So controversial question, does it work? Because I hear yeah. every, every corporate does one, not that particular style, but there's so many corporates that, you know, yearly, half yearly, do these surveys, but you're still seeing people completely burnt out, taking time off. Yeah. So uh, does it really work? Well, it depends on what you do with the survey, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I think uh, like the ones I the one I just mentioned, I was glad to see that uh, because of some of the actions I mentioned that we did, yeah. you know, that um, this group of uh, have signaled through the survey that they were happy, that they felt supported. All right, and I think this is where it is super important where you can do all sorts of surveys mm. and all that, but if you do not. Um, share with your employees what you're doing and recruit actually recruit them to be part of the yeah so it's the, not top the, down yeah, yeah so it's not top down yeah. but to recruit them as part of the the solution or be involved in part of the solution I think that has worked at least at least I felt for that example right. I gave you that has helped with my team and a solution that if it's come from within they're committed to probably make it work exactly. as opposed to initiative that's from above that may be not necessarily what they're looking for Right. And it might come across like, oh, are we supposed to just align so it appears like yeah. things are being done? I can't yeah. quite say if it isn't, right? So, yeah, I, I, we found that bringing people along, recruiting your uh, employees to be part of that solution um, and having that constant pulse mm. of listening is important. Mm. Yeah. What are some other ways where leaders, I mean, obviously people that listen to this podcast may well be leaders um, or heads of organizations, etc. What, what can leaders be doing to prevent burnout of employees? Because that's all we hear about at the moment, right? Mm. So what are some of the other things, even, not even just from a Microsoft perspective, just from your own perspective that you've heard from, you know, in the market? Well, I think, you know, some of the things we don't talk about, and this might be a little off of off, uh, the workspace, but I think some of the things that we don't usually talk about is ask the employee and ask yourself, like, how do you refresh? How do you rejuvenate? Like, what do you yeah. do, right? Yeah. Because part of burnout isn't just about whether I work less or not, right? It's also how I find a mechanism to find yeah. back my balance, right? So some of yeah. us like to read, some of us like to swim, some of us do rock climbing, whatever, right? Yeah. And actually helping our employees to think about what mm. that could be and also sharing what you do, right? Um, yeah. Could give them ideas to do that. Mm. So one of the things I do with my team, and this is really fun because we are across Asia, right? So we, 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 we kind of like blend fundraising with the number of hours we go do some sports or cooking oh, or whatever you nice. like. Okay. And we take pictures and we send across the teams, right? So we get to see that's what's nice. happening across yeah. Asia. And at the same time, uh, you know, I throw in a dollar for every X 
minutes that the team right. does, right? So. And is that because your group, you know them, that that's something that motivates them? Because that's not going to motivate everyone in terms of like the fundraising or the, right? Yeah. So and is that because that you've got a team of people that that's something that... Uh, yes and no, actually, Andrea, because I started, when I first started the initiative, it was more focused on sports. Okay. okay. And then we took the feedback, right? As part of I'm preaching what I'm saying. Yeah, right? were you so the only we, one that looked like the sports? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I say, hey, uh, is that what we wanted to do? And people say, hey, I love cooking, right? I love yoga, yeah. right? So we yeah. just say, okay, whatever, right? Just add that in. Yeah. You know, we could, we could incorporate that. But I think beyond, um, and I think that's an important piece to talk about because we tend to focus on things that are just happening uh, in the workspace of the of the, yes, of the individual. Yes, isn't right? always the case, right? So I think that's that piece is important, and yeah. also understanding what's going on uh, around them, right? What's helping? What's causing the burnout may not directly be because of work, right? It could it could be related to something that they yeah. have to cope with, and mm. helping them to figure out how to a way to get supported to yeah. deal with some of their personal challenges at work yeah. uh, sorry in life could be could be important right but sometimes people don't know what they how they recharge and i find that with living in asia i mean i've been here god 19 years and one thing that i've always found is that sometimes people don't know what their thing is they haven't found it yet and that must be incredibly hard you know especially if you've got some youngsters coming into the workforce where they're straight out of university they're straight into their jobs it's all about the career they haven't necessarily found what's their thing, right? Is it exercise? Is it cooking? Is it, what is it? Not everyone gaming. knows what that, maybe it's the gaming, <laughs> right? But not everyone always knows how they fill their tank, right? When they're trying to get up that career ladder, right? So that's and sort of another reason why sort of burnout occurs. And yeah. it's harder for them to think about their well-being because they want to, you know, they want to build up their career. Yeah, I think it's also at the different phases of their their lives that yeah. they, they are focusing on reconnecting to the workforce that they have been missing since they joined, right? Yeah. And and then switching back to like from the work work perspective, I think leaders need to find a way to kind of like align across the organization to make sure that we, they mm -hmm. are giving clear goals. And and so like in Microsoft, for example, we have um, created what we call a Viva Pulse app. Right, that helps us to help leaders to be able to get a sense of how um, their employees are feeling in a confidential way. So you, you don't see who it is, but you get a sentiment. And also we have what we call um, Viva Goals, right, which is uh, what we call uh, the ability to uh, have objective and key results in the flow of the work. Okay. Right? So it's also important in managing um, burnout. Uh, many times we figure, other than focusing on impact, we also want to be able to say, hey, let's set some KPIs or objectives that lead us to that impact. Mm. And oftentimes, you know, we do more, more KPIs than less, mm. right? So we've got to be like really clear around like if we want to deliver the impact and the mission and the clarity, mm. what is it that we have to do? Mm. Um, and what is it that we should stop doing, right? And, and then be able to make sure that the entire organization is able to understand how that objective and key results transcends yeah. across it and who and how we each play a part in that. And so I think both the Viva Pulse and Viva Goals are, are the solutions that we have created to try to help, help leaders to get clarity and drive alignment. And hopefully, if used right, okay, um, could uh, help us to manage some of that burnout. Mm. What are some other ways that a leader can um, do to create clarity and alignment with their employees to, re to reduce the productivity paranoia? Um, is there anything else that can be done other than what you just mentioned? Um, I think the other is also, um, you know, one thing about creating um, impact, making sure that the work that they do is creating impact, 
It's also around how we reward, right? How do you create a culture that actually rewards impact, right? Because it's mm. one thing to say, hey, I'm going to reward you for impact, but then you keep looking at activities. Yeah, right. True. So, so I think this is where I think we have done in Microsoft. We're learning. We're constantly learning and hearing from our employees. But one of the things that I personally liked uh, that we have made a change in the way that we are reviewing our employees, where we are focusing on, uh, I would call it broadly, like three buckets, where we are focused on how we are delivering impact to customers, to our business, to our team members, and also how we are helping others. And how we're leveraging others, mm. right? Especially the two buckets of helping others and leveraging others, um, it really brings you back to that vulnerability thing, mm. right? So I I'm more willing to ask for help because today you're saying that my ability to leverage others is a strength, yeah, right? As opposed to like if you're asking for help, you're not good, yeah, right? So if you're if part of our rewards mm. and the way we are assessing out the impact of our employees. It's not just about the impact that they created for the business, mm. but the fact that they are helping others yeah. and they are getting help from others collectively it enriches yeah. the talent, right? Yeah, that's interesting. I think that's very important. That's really interesting. I think I, I'm I'm a corporate trainer, and one one area that comes up the most, um, you know, particularly in the last couple of years, is is strengths based um, um, approach, where you know you're putting more emphasis on what someone is great at than focusing on their weaknesses. And when you start to analyze a team or a leader analyzes a team on where their strengths are, and if they have non-talents, but is there someone else in the group that has that as a strength that we collectively can achieve our goals? Because we know that we can't always individually go after everything perfectly when we look at our goals, but we can collectively as a group. And I think that's why there's probably been a really big push on that over the last mm, few years, mm, mm, mm. because I think that there's different generations now. They want, they've got, they want this purpose. Right, they don't yes, want a manager; they want a coach. Yeah, right. It's and a it's a different approach to how to the, how they look at work. It's true, and if you think about the digital natives, especially in Asia, right? Um, obviously, um, there is uh, the way that they have been uh, brought up or the way they grew up is really online, right? So yeah. sometimes uh, I would say I'm quite unfortunate to be in between, right? The, yeah. the, the generations, but yeah. Sometimes it's hard that you, you, we cannot totally relate to them. So the ability to think about reverse mentoring is yes. also important. Right? Yes. Like how, let them tell you how best to, to yeah. actually bring out the best in them. Yeah. Right? And, and that's also maybe some leaders got to have that sense of vulnerability. Yeah, to think that I think so. Okay. I, think it's, I think it's vulnerability slash servant leadership. I think it's knowing that if you can serve others and you have that mentality as opposed to it being very hierarchical, you'll create that feedback culture. You'll create that kind of strength-based approach where you're able to um, achieve goals but do that still individually and personally but still know you're part of something bigger. Yeah. You know, I think it's just changing. Yeah, and actually, Andre, we, we did this uh, as a team, actually, we did this uh, strength finders, strength finders, yeah. right? So we got like about like, the whole team did that, and then we try to put it into a map. Yep, yep. Right? The, t- the, the, the uh, team grid, right? Yeah, team grid. Yeah, yeah I didn't kind of remember yeah. the name, but we try to put that in the team grid, and it allowed us to first discover the strengths of Absolutely. some of our teammates that doesn't look. Yeah, that they may not have harnessed, and so you can't see them. You can't right? see them. Yeah, or you haven't had the platform where it would bring out that right. So yeah. when we were able to see the team grid. It allowed me as a leader and, of course, uh, my managers as well to say, hey, maybe this project or this task is best suited for to bring out the strength of that individual whom yeah. we may not have noticed or Absolutely. not know, right? So yeah. I'm a believer of bringing some of these tools, mm. um, you know, communicating with your, uh, your, your, your team 
yeah. you know, and bringing them all together to yeah. kind of like bring this. But you've got to give them the tools. I mean, I, I, don't, yeah. I think until someone knows who they are, how they tick, you know, how they get stuff done, how do they build relationships, how do they influence others, how do they, you know, all of those things, how do they influence? They can't, they can't go and be the best version of themselves until they know who they are. Until they interact with others, so I think we, I think for people coming into the workforce, it is important for them to know who they are. I think sometimes corporates can be a little bit behind on that. So I think it's important to we can come up with all the leadership strategies, but until we actually get people to understand how they tick, then they can go ahead and um, you know do amazing things in the organisation. Just really, really keen to circle back on what could potentially get in the way for a leader. I mean, we've looked at. Um, We've looked at ways that we can prevent burnout and, you know, reduce the um, productive paranoia. But what are some of the things that, that could get in the way for a leader in making this happen? Mm. I think um, several, right? I think one, one um, I mean, if I reflect on how, where I myself have faced challenges in this productivity paranoia is really um, also understanding like what exactly uh, we are trying to achieve in 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 the corporate, right? Yeah. Right? So one of the things that have evolved is that I think many many um, leaders still assume or or maybe make the assumption mm. that, for example, work is being done the same way, so mm. they are observing for the same cues mm. that they are used to observe, right? Yeah. They still think that people come to work and they have a nine to five day, but yeah, they don't, right? So yeah. how do you then look at productivity in that way? I, you yeah. might not be seeing me working, but I could be working best from my 10 to 12 when I put my Absolutely. kids to sleep, right? Absolutely. And that is something that empo- that could be getting in the way because they, they think they, they may not be looking at through the, they may be looking through the same lens as pre-COVID, right? And the yeah. other assumption is that leaders may assume that employees are still clear about the company mission or the team mm, goals. It may well have changed. But that yeah. may have changed, right? Yeah. And they may have changed over the course of the last two years as your business go-to-market has evolved. Right. And even leaders, are you clear about whether that has changed? Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. as long as they don't get that clarity, you yeah. can give them the tools. Uh, you can say, hey, let's align everyone. But I think having that clarity first for a leader is super important. And that could really get in the way of when you don't have clarity, you could be creating right. a lot more things to do that leads to. Yeah. Not the important work. I suppose, work especially if there's lots of noise going around. We always know in organizations that there's. You know, that as much as they've got a goal that they get, there's all these other things going on. Yeah. So being able to help prioritize for them what's the most important part, you know, and checking in and asking questions and um, that they've understood it. So it sounds to me there's also the upping the communication, constantly checking in, checking having in, that clarity. Checking in. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, we've really dug very deep onto that particular topic, which is fantastic. And thank you. We have come to the end of this three-part series with Microsoft's Asia's Rosalind Quek, where we focused on one of the key findings from their 2022 Work Trend Index, End Productivity Paranoia. Tune into episode 67 to learn more about the second finding, Embrace the Fact That People Come In For Each Other. We'll see you there. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.